Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, beautiful podcast family. It is so great to be back with you again. This is the first podcast I am editing after going on a two-week adventure to Burning Man, which as always is incredible and amazing. Uh, The last two that I released there, I did them before I went to the burn, so I have all that uh, dusty vibes and uh, adventures and all the amazingness that goes with that experience all over me. Um, but it's great to be back in the saddle, um, editing this podcast and I'm starting out with an amazing one. This is my favorite guest, native American elder, David Lombert Senapass on this one. And we talk about Atlantean technology, free energy and making alien contact. Now, if you've looked at any of David's stuff, um, you'll realize, or if you look at any indigenous cultures around the world, um, Zuni Elder Clifford Mahoudi refers to them as a sky people. Uh, Mi'kmaq Elder David Lombert Senapas refers to them as the star people. Um, if you look at the Dogon tribe, if you look at all of these different tribes all over the world and the hieroglyphs and things like that, they were communicating with something or that's in their stories anyway. So um, now this is a 20,000 year lineage that David has only been starting to share uh, over the last five years and only on podcasts last year or so when we did our first one and he's been more and more open to sharing because I spent all summer with him in uh, Maine saying, man, you got to share this stuff. So this is a 20,000 year oral history. And we have been working really closely with Zuni elder Clifford Mahoudi on bringing out some of the stuff. And Clifford said a lot of this stuff I haven't shared. Um, he is around David Wilcock and Corey Good. Uh, we are looking at filming a documentary and releasing some of this stuff. And as I understand it, these Native Americans, uh, oral history, 20,000 year old, oral and unbroken, um, is just beyond what we white boys are what we're, we're piecing together this is like their lineage this is their history and they've never shared it with the non-natives so it's a bit mind-blowing and uh you know you might have to take it with a grain of salt but it's pretty incredible stuff um if you want to support this podcast i know you're going to like this episode the best thing that you can do is three acts of kindness um that's it just do three acts of kindness um you can also go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair and you can support there. That would be amazing. I'd appreciate that. And I want to thank Nico Glover who hooked it up. Thank you so much for doing that. I really appreciate it. Uh, leaving a review would be absolutely ideal it inspires people to listen to the podcast so if you leave a review i would love you and this one is from kate and it says windy funk it doesn't stop there uh the first time i saw 333 i had just been fired and i knew i would be strapped for cash as i entered a six-month technical school i started listening to the matt belair master mind body and spirit show in the car i was practicing the law of attraction and visualizing at that time the next thing i know a job literally fell on my lap Plus bonus points, we work well together and he's a great mentor too. 
Since paying closer attention to my body and spirit receptivity, I've stayed steady on a hectic in a hectic path uh, of my choosing after fighting off demons i learned the consequences of not listening to guidance and also to let go and trust i saw 333 today again at a significant moment when i was contemplating my goals you are in direct harmony with yourself and the universe angel number uh and angel number tells me i'm feeling at ease thank you to all benevolent higher powers keep it up matt your teachings are helpful so are helping so many like myself, Kate from the USA. So thank you, Kate. I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, share that review. I wish I read it a little bit better. I was off to a good start, but then uh, not so great at the end. But, you know, that's how it goes. Um, but I appreciate you. Um, the other things that you guys can do, um, if you're looking for some coaching, go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching and um, fill out that form. I'm also doing more heart journey hypnosis activations. This is designed to help you um, uncover what your life's purpose is. It's the direction of your life's purpose. It's not like this is the job and it's all done. It's the direction in which your heart and your spirit um, wants to go to. So um, I'm doing those as well. So you can make an inquiry, Matt at zenathlete.com. And the coaching is really for people who want to learn about um, consciousness, spirituality, fulfillment, uh, overcoming blocks and obstacles, designing the life that they want and bringing it into action and actually living it as a process. So that's what that's all about. Um, And I want to thank my sponsor, David Lombear Senapass. We do need help. We definitely do. Um, There's some people that are starting to inquire because of all the work that I've done with him, um, but we're looking at putting another balloon into space. Um, And this one, he talks about an energy device, but he needs the time and the resources to to work on the science from the ancient Copper Scrolls, and he does not have either. Um, And he has created some of this stuff already. So if you're interested in the science of it, uh, please inquire, and we'll show you that information. But we need to be careful about it because um, we don't want people to steal it and then patent it and not share it with everybody. Um, David's elders told him that this information needs to be um, placed into peaceful community, that it needs to be for all people and nobody can own it. So that sounds like free energy to me. Um, He says it's not free because you need to get the things to build it, um, but it harvests wind and it's pretty spectacular. Um, So any help, uh, benevolent angel investors, um, we need administrative assistance, uh, web people, tech people, video people, we need everything. Um, So David and I are kind of like independent one-man wrecking crews open for help if you feel so called. So that would be amazing. Um, So let's just get into it. Um, All of my love and appreciation to everybody who listens to this podcast, who is here on earth, uh, trying to just be a genuine good human being. And even if you're not, I still love you anyways. So before we get into this, um, I just invite you to take in a deep breath in through your nose, coming to a state of peace and coherence, and just letting that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day, taking another deep breath in through the nose. Hold that breath and just connect to the thought and the idea of being loving and kind to yourself, realizing that to be loving and kind to others, you need to first be loving and kind to yourself and just make that commitment now. Let that breath out slowly with all the cares, all the internal criticisms and self-doubt. Take one more deep breath in through your nose, 
connecting to the idea of being loving and kind to yourself and make that decision. And I'm sending you all of my love, all of my energy, support, well wishes, encouragement, inspiration, energy for you to have a beautiful day, life experience, for you to remember that you are whole, perfect, harmonious, amazing, beautiful, awesome, just as you are, that you are connected, that you are not alone, uh, that you are helped, that you are loved, that you are worthy, that you are amazing. So there you go. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode. Uh, I know you're going to like this one. Please share it around. Um, And so let's get into it with Native American elder David Lone Bear Senapas. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today I am again with my friend David Lone Bear Senapas, who is a native elder of the Mi'kmaq people and he is here to share a little bit more today on the video series that we're doing and I think we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the technologies. Yes. So um, David, it- um, the TVs to uh, new computers are out there. So that's part of uh, what I'm talking today is that that change, I don't know if that change is good or bad. Because uh, when we think of electricity, it kind of uh, weakens our mind a little bit because uh, we used to tell a lot of stories in the dark. Uh, we used to be able to think a lot more because we didn't have uh, electricity helping us. Uh, the computer, you know, that's supposed to uh, free our mind, but it seems like the last uh, several years have been loading our mind. And we always need the machine nearby or the technology in our hand. So when I'm talking about technology, I'm, I'm talking about ancient technology. Uh, we talk about the pyramids, we talk about the different things, you know, what, what powered them. I think the only thing I can talk about is the technology on the power itself. Only one power that we have that we know about, it is electricity. And the only reason why we know about that is because uh, it's in our atmospheres and around our Earth and our universe. So we use it. So we talk about dark energy uh, or anything like that. Uh, it's really hard to prove because we can't plug something into dark energy and make it run. But we can sure plug something into a, a wall socket and make it run. But uh, over the period of years, uh, that energy has been harder to get and it's more expensive. So, and uh, we've been trying to do different things. Uh, we've uh, solar power, that, that I think that includes 15% of the, our power load and, um, and wind power. And you can see all these uh, wind giants going up. I call them wind giants because they're pretty big. And I, I see them going up everywhere, even up north. Uh, when we go downstate, they're all over the place. Uh, as much power we get from them, they're very expensive. And to put one up and to um, get a profit out of it or to even try to get one for yourself, it's expensive. Um, I've made gen- uh, wind generators just out of uh, spare parts. And still, uh, the, the load is, you know, not that much to replace it from the, pulling it from the grid, you know. There's not much to change it. We need a, a different way to store and to harvest electricity. Uh, some of the technologies that is um, uh, put through the copper scrolls, we have one that's called a, a resonator. Uh, what the resonator is, it's, it's a very complicated wind harp. Um, you know what a wind harp is? Is that where the string vibrates? Yeah, where the string vibrates, about? yeah. So uh, we can harvest uh, electricity out of the air by the wind, and that uh, drives a turbine and drives a generator. The generator uh, makes electricity stored in the battery, and then we 
tow car can use that. So that, that's a lot of work to do that. I don't know if you've ever seen one of these. These things are massive. Or even the smaller generator. This is, uh, the smaller generator is, is not enough. Uh, the wind's not always um, blowing. But there's always a, a what they call a turbulent wind in the air. Is that on the stillest day, uh, you look at the trees. The trees will tell you. And you always have a leaf wave to you. Ever see that? It's just a leaf on the side just waving. So that's what they call turbulent energy around a tree. So in a, you can harvest that. Um, maybe you can't do it with a, a windmill, but you sure can do it with a string. Uh, and part of the, the wind hearts have been around 1800s. Uh, I mean, they, they, they've been always around. And they're beautiful. Uh, you put one up and it makes a noise. What a resonator is, it um, takes that, and what I use for a resonator, it's kind of like this mirror, so that I'm using quartz crystals, and called the piezoelectric effect, and that technology is, I'm, I'm making uh, a wafer out of um, quartz, and, and powdering it, and put it with a polymer, and I'm putting it with uh, graphene, uh, graphene laid with copper, uh, a little bit of silver and gold, and these are wafers, they're one inch wafers. And they're hooked onto a base, onto a, a, a aluminum base, and there's a, um, a rod that goes through it. And uh, and I use piano string. I I use a G piano string, and that gives the most turbulence through the wind. And that uh, the string is probably a little bit more than eight feet long, and it's uh, pulled to attention, uh, not too tight, but it's tuned. And there's 62 of these around the the um, resonator, and the inside of the resonator. Uh, it's triangle, so it splits the air in two. Uh, even a very, very uh, calm, calm wind, uh, the uh, strings still vibrate because they resonate. Um, so it's only because they, when they start resonating, they start harmonizing with each other, and that's what uh, produces the power. The wafer itself, um, when the, when it's disturbed, it's, it's called the piezoelectric effect. It's compressed and released, compressed, and that does that at least uh, probably one mile an hour wind at least, I'd say, uh, 60 times a second. And when you, when you hear, start to hear the, um, the noise, and you check, check the, the voltage, and it's about two to nine volts, depends on what it is. And there's 62 of those wafers around there. And, um, and one resonator probably can produce, I don't know, 800 volts in a minute. Uh, but you need to be able to store that. So that's where the, the technology comes, the, the, the resonator itself, um, it, it's pretty easy to build, but the storage unit's a little harder to build. Um, I use what they call a, a tier capacitor. What a tier capacitor is, it's a, it's a, it releases, it stores in it, but it releases it over uh, 18 to 20 seconds. Most capacitors release it in one-tenth of a second. So once it builds up to a certain point, it releases. So the tier capacitor can release it just very slow. And uh, there's about nine of these in uh, uh, a resonator. And at the, the other storage capacitor I'm using is a, a graphene um, uh, battery. And it's like a salt mash uh, with, a, with a, a liquid silver. And, that, and it weighs, let's say, 50 pounds. And that could store up to 200 to 300 volts. Um, and depending on how you release it, you have four or five of these, you can release it over eight hours. And you'll get the same power as the house. Um, of course, uh, this is new technology, so it takes a little uh, to build. I've built um, probably six or seven of these already. 
And the smaller ones, uh, the four feet ones, uh, you know, bring them on the campsite. And, and, um, I, I think I, I remember once that um, I was stuck. My car didn't have a, I didn't have booster cables, so I hooked this up, and in about 30 minutes I could boost my car. <laughs> so um, you can make them from uh, four feet to uh, I think the one that is on the drawing board right now. Somebody somebody's asked for to see what it is. I think it's 37 feet long, and that will produce um, the whole village power and as long as the, the it's uh, kept up in tune it runs just like a regular generator and it's, it's not free energy it's just getting the energy of the air a little more efficient than a windmill uh, i'm sure that um, um over the next couple of years that i'm going to be put once we get a house i will uh, generate our house just by that and go off the grid uh, so it is very the the um I would say the components and the materials is very relevant. We have it. It's just a matter of putting them together, just like this mirror. Uh, just a matter of just putting them together and just paying attention to what you're doing. And that will, that will probably take 40% of the power grid if we, we made them start making them massively for people. And I don't expect the profit from this. It's, it's, it's free technology. Um, and and um, I will give this freely, the plans freely to people that uh, want to build this seriously. Yeah. Now, the only thing I'd say is just don't make a profit. You know, there's a lot of people out there, oh, say, I'm going to take it and make a profit from it. Is to, is to be able to share. This is what the Copper Scroll says, to share this relevance. Let's not uh, use it to, for yourself. All the technologies in the Copper Scrolls are, but it has to be shared by community. Not one person should own the technology. And I'm sure there's people that have tried to do that. But it's like um, a benefit for your own benefit, I guess. Oh, wow. Okay. So so there's a lot of people working on free energy, um, different sources of energy on a mass scale. So are you suggesting that you can make a smaller one that will power your home? And if you have basic engineering, you can put it together. What kind of uh, level of um, knowledge would you have to have to build one? Walmart technology. Oh, wow. Uh, if you order something from Walmart and they give you all those instructions, uh -huh. you should be able to put one of these together. I right. mean, just, just by releasing this information today, somebody's going to go out and try this and right. put one together. And how does it connect? How do you start to power your home with it? How does it connect? Well, just like anything else, you're going to need some sort of reducing uh, coil to uh, power your home and have a regulator so it won't be a shift in power. So that's pretty that's common in engineering out there. Any uh, electrician knows how to do that. Okay, and so what about on a mass scale? Like, just to give an idea, um, what are we what are we using for energy now most commonly? Do you know, like, divided but between wind and solar and uh, hydrogen is um, um, dam? What do you call that? Um, dam technology? I don't know. Hydro <laughs> hydro, hydro technology. Hydro, okay. <laughs> <laughs> hydro technology is first, huh. and that powers uh, at least seventy percent of the world. Uh, coal is second. And uh, gas, then um, uh, solar. I'm sure that I got that wrong. Someone's going to probably correct me on that. But um, it's, it kind of goes in that. But um, part of the our power system is that electricity is so high because it has to. We have to do all this wiring and everything else. Is that uh, most of you lose most of your power through electricity is through the wiring. Uh, was when you run at least two or three hundred miles, you're going to have to have jumping stations in between those stations. That's what the stations you see on the, all these uh, 
capacitors. It just boosts the power, but you're losing power doing that, and you have to pay for that. Mm. So you're, if you're getting uh, power from at least two or three hundred miles away, you've got at least five to ten boosting stations along the way to boost so get to your house. Yeah. So on a on a large scale, like a city, like a major city, somewhere like Los Angeles or New York, could you build bigger ones that could potentially power that whole city? How many would that take? Is that well, it goes. Th this is funny. It goes back to some of the Atlantis stories that's uh, mentioned into the Copper Schools, and uh, some of some of them are folklore stories. You know that okay, that story true. Uh, some of these that uh, were. Um, uh, sun towers they call them or energy towers and they stood five to six hundred feet high and they and they made they said they made a, a, a godly noise i'm not sure if that's a bad noise or a good noise and each one of these cables were at least uh, three inches thick and they ran that far up and they ran cities like that but they were they weren't um hazardous to animals and stuff like that they were they're, they're built in towers, and they're beautiful. I, I, I remember seeing a couple of the drawings of the cities, and they're beautiful. And wind is everywhere, even in space. Um, when you go into space, is like, would this work? In, this would work efficiently in space because you, then you're working off a of solar wind. And the solar wind it's more, it's more uh, energetic than a wind here. You can almost uh, take some of the plasma out of the wind and convert it into a... Um, a resonator into vast amounts of power. <laughs> okay, so what do you think would be the best way to get this out um, to the population? Because to me, in the research that I've done, I feel like there's been numerous scientists or technologies out there that are more efficient than we currently have, um, but the uh, system we currently have is a trillion dollar business worldwide and it's probably something that they, they don't want. Um, to come out there. So what would you see the easiest and least friction way for people to actually start using this technology, decrease their phone bills, and, and help the common man? Well, like anything, any, any technology out there you're fighting against another company, uh, you, you, they say that, I know that I talk to a lot of people on the free energy stuff, and they can't get the uh, product out there because they said they, they buy the patent or they're threatened and stuff like that. Um, I've never been threatened about this technology because uh, it's really unproven, and, and, and that's good. If it's unproven, but then you know the threat is that's part of it is being able to give it away to people that need it, and that's the whole tricky part of it. It's like okay, but I got to build it, and it's like that costs money. Even if I, I don't believe in free energy, you can't get nothing out of nothing. Uh, all the free energy machines out there that you made, you had to purchase the material somehow, so that makes it not free energy. Free energy is that. Uh, you stick some wire out there, but you have to pay for the wire, right? That's not free energy, so you have to pay something for it, just like these machines. There is a cost to build these things, and, and that's not free. I mean, a lot of it has to be researched, um, and, it's, and it's a great machine, but then you're going to get into cost. Uh, just like the, all the people that uh, claims free energy, there's a cost to it. And so I just need $10,000 to make it a little more, and you're going to find out you always bump up against that... Um, that wall in free energy is all you never get to that certain point okay great it works but um, uh, most of the machines I've seen online and, and talked to people there was something about it that uh, wasn't free energy uh, they had a battery hidden or something because I've talked to a lot of people uh, say so oh, come in and see my free energy machine. but they wouldn't hand over the blueprint so they wouldn't show me what was in there um, the resonators 
anybody can go up to them and they're pretty simple. There's a capacitor and there's a, a power source from a string. I mean, this, it's not free energy, but it's, it, it is taking energy out of the air uh, a lot more efficient uh, from a windmill. Windmills probably within 38%. Uh, a, a resonator goes up to 63%. So it's, it's not the greatest, but it is, it's better. You know, it will at least you at least can see a cost of efficiency into the month on it. Uh, you might be able to you know, hook one up and, um, and have a computer run it and uh, still hook up to the grid, but uh, it will balance with the power. Uh, the power company don't buy electricity anymore, you know. Uh, one time that you could hook up a windmill and they will pay you for putting power into the grid. Now they don't do that. You know, they, they, it's just to reduce costs. So these blueprints and these schematics came from the Copper Scrolls? Yes. And so you, are, you were basically taught that from your elders and then you can put it together. So some of that technology is the high atmosphere balloons that you put into space yeah. that you made the Mylar, yeah. which is the mirror. Yeah. Right, and the same with the quartz crystal. And so what you're offering is the schematics. Right. So if somebody has a home and wherever they are in the world and they hear this, they'll be able to look at the blueprints and give it a go to yeah. see and test if it works for themselves. Yeah. And right now that we have uh, several sites there in Canada, uh, Vermont, and, um, and the Biodome, is, we'll have a resonator on top of that. Uh, because that has to be, uh, right now that's being powered from what they call a ground battery. Is a, there's a water source underneath it, and I'm tapping into that water source to make electricity. Not, not by turbine, but um, all water has energy to it. And when water passes through a, a, a aquifer pretty fast with iron ore and granite, it produces electricity. That's natural electricity. And I'm sinking uh, two copper rods down at least 20 or 30 feet. Uh, they have a, a core of uh, silver in those, and that produces negative positive. When you put those 16 feet apart, and you're getting a current 5 to 10 volts from that. So, but that's kind of uh, ancient technology too. Right. Wow. Okay. So I kind of want to go two ways with this because some of the the your knowledge you talk about Atlantis, and yes. you said on the previous podcast it wasn't a continent. No. It was actually a ship. Yes. And that's in your stories, and that's in your history, yep. and that's just common knowledge. From, from your upbringing, yes. which I think is fascinating for, for myself and a lot of people. You spoke a, um, a little bit about that city. I'm just curious if you can talk about, you mentioned that there was a pillar of like guidelines yeah. um, right in the center of the city, kind of like the, not the Ten Commandments, but basically everybody saw in a beautiful structure and how life was made. I was just curious if you can either speak on that and maybe some of those guidelines, because what we're touching on is the uh, you know, everyone's talking about the the new Earth or what the Earth could be if if we started to work together, if we started to share technologies and not try to own everything. Um, I'm just wondering if you could touch a little bit on that and then maybe go into the technologies or where you want to go. Well, the the pillar itself. Um, there's a couple ways to uh, describe that pillar because the, the copper scrolls is a, is a pillar of gold. Yeah, and um, when you say gold, you said, oh my goodness, that's must be a lot of gold. And those pillars are enormous, but we got to figure what gold's worth is. To us, gold is precious, and it's around us, and, and we, we we find it because it has an economical value to it. But gold is made from a neutron star. People don't realize this. A neutron star is when all the other elements goes out, and neutrons 
go closer together. So a supernova, when a, when a sun explodes, a giant sun, it goes supernova. When it goes supernova, then it starts collapsing upon itself. Then it's an immense explosion. And from that immense explosion, all the neutron molecules stay. And it, I think it measures, with not, it shrinks down to a, a very small size. And that's like this. You know, it goes to that uh, element. It goes that small and compresses. But it has a massive amount of energy involved with it. So that massive amount of energy fuses gold, makes gold. But it rejects gold out of the neutron star. So the, the gold that you're wearing is most likely, or what, it is from a neutron star. Is that, um, that, that gold has immense power in it, immense energy. But how do you release it? You know, there's a couple ways to release it. Uh, you, can, you can take um, something like this and um, make it gold, uh, make it solid gold, 99.9% gold. And of course it'd be awful heavy, but it will produce power. People don't realize that. Is that uh, when you start uh, adding neutrons to it and bombard neutrons, because gold is so compact, it's gonna hit against other neutrons and other neutrons. And what power you put in there is not gonna go over the power, but it's gonna be able to store it and, and you're gonna be able to use it like a battery. So, and that's part of that, what that pillars were, is that there were immense power from the Earth's circulation, because we're, what we are is a dynamo. And that dynamo spins around the Earth, but we're going through a magnetic field. We're making our own magnetic field, but we're also brushing against the sun's magnetic field. We're brushing against um, uh, the Milky Way's magnetic field. And we're traveling through space. Our Milky Way is traveling through space. Uh, it's uh, heading towards the Dromana. So we're, we're still going to make... And if you could have a way to harness that when that energy, those neutrons stick, and you can produce power from it. And that's what those towers were doing, producing power. But they did other things. So, uh, when the sun produces energy, the energy comes and hits the earth. Um, there's a, that energy is a, this one photon can run a house at least for a year. But how do you get that energy in the air? That photon is traveling, of course, as fast as light, as fast. As, and but it leaves a it leaves a, a vacuum behind. Every time that light comes in, there's a vacuum that comes through space and it closes really quick. And, it, and I think it goes to one billionth of a second. Every time a photon hits, it closes and closes and closes. So that means there's energy producing. And the part of that energy is when it hits something, it hits the ground uh, because of that vacuum. And when it hits, immense energy is formed. Uh, a good way to put it. take a magnified glass and and um, focus it on a piece of paper. Paper will light up in eight inches. The, the, in eight inches, there's you can make fire with a piece of glass. That's immense amount of energy. It's coming from the sun, but that energy uh, on a cosmic scale created our life. It, it creates oxygen. It creates life. So we're trying to figure this out still. As, as humans, uh, so what we try to do is, um, um, is try to uh, take hydrogen and, and fuse it and to make fusion. So all the research I've done on that, all the hydrogen fusion reactors, billion dollars spent, they haven't got one ounce of energy out of it beyond what they put into it. It's not, it's not um, because of, um, in a rabbit hole, it's because 
they don't have a, a mass amount of hydrogen to clot on itself to produce that hydrogen. So we're trying to produce this a little bit, of, and hopefully that we get a spark out of it. But they haven't got one ounce of energy what they put into it. So billions of dollars spent on this, but on something like this, you know, this means it's kind of like that's kind of free energy, isn't it? Not less money, I guess, less money to build something like this than a multi-billion-dollar. A research place that they have a board of directors that they have investors that need money to, to prove their investments and things like that. So we're kind of going the wrong direction on energy because we say, oh, there's free energy. Well, solar power don't produce because of our economics. We're balanced of economics to energy, and it never adds up, you know, because that economics is built on what you get paid an hour, what we get paid an hour. And just trying to produce energy from that, or try to get to the stars. How are we going to get to the stars when we're paying people uh, thousands of dollars to do the research to go to the stars? By the time they're ready to go to the stars, we're going to be broke or out of gold. And uh, that's like um, like anything else. It's like, what, how, what are we doing here? What are we thinking? You know, is this is this the way to go? And if this is the way to go, how come we're not going that way? Some of us is, but we're not enough of us. Not enough of us is looking in that direction or really want the power. You know, uh, I remember many years ago um, studying the Copper Scrolls, and they t I think I was a little bit younger, and it showed you a way to produce power. And I said, well, maybe that might be true. So I'm a little bit of an inventor too. So I took the what they said for elements, how to do it. I was very primitive on what I made. And I made something really primitive, and it worked. And it made... I think it made like uh, 18 volts, you know, and, and I used a regular battery just for the for the storage, and we ran with that for several years. Ran my shop. I, I was using uh, 800 to 250 volts in my shop, uh, and it gave me enough power. And I wasn't connect. I wasn't uh, plugged into the grid. So. Wow. Okay, so it's making me think a lot of things and I don't want to go down this conspiracy rabbit hole of why all of our gold is so valuable and held in vaults around the world that's making me curious um, so you're suggesting just on a an important note that this is far more efficient than solar yes it's far more efficient than anything that we have right now as far as the technology that you learned about that this is the most efficient technology so it's not free it's taking the wind but as far as building materials constructing it we can get the most amount of energy versus dollars spent on materials yes and out to the people out to the people okay. and it's affordable to the people that's out there yeah uh, one of these resonators i think uh, to uh, i think the one i'm working on in canada is, is running about 67 to eight thousand dollars so that's not bad, to, you know, if you bought a generator, generator will cost you $4,000. And you have to put gas into it, and maintenance, and, and it's noisy. Um, the resonators make a joyful noise. And these are in existence right now. They're in existence right now, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, the only uh, thing about the technology uh, on that is getting the quarks and um, polymer right. That's it. And that just, just takes a little time, and you know anybody that's out there that knows anything about chemistry, that's easy to put that together. Right. Well, just as a side note, um, as we've had discussions in private and, and trying to share a little bit of this knowledge, which is new for a lot of people, I've seen the things that you've built with basically nothing. 
<laughs> no funding, no help, pulling computers apart, taking little bits of gold, and then shooting balloons into space. Um, and you have people who are getting millions of dollars, these scientists all over the world. Um, I'm, I think it's amazing the fact that you're trying to share this freely. You want nothing, just take the schematics, use it because they work. Do you have any, I kind of have two questions because I want you to talk about uh, what you feel like sharing, either if it's more information about technologies or maybe a possible message to those uh, scientists and inventors and engineers out there that are working on things um, in, in some sort of collaborative spirit because it does seem like there's a very competition base out there and I kind of use the hashtag Team Earth, which is essentially cooperation. What if... Team Canada and Team USA and China and Russia can come together and we don't need the governments to do that. We need the people to start talking and communicating, sharing knowledge and not having to own everything to become the next billionaire and trillionaire, but truly inventing things that can help humanity. Yeah, a um, lot of it, I, I figured when about five years ago when I brought the technology out into the community, it was more of a free-for-all because everybody wanted to possess it and they got kind of greedy and people start fighting about it and that's not the way that it works you know somebody said this or said that and then wants the technology on their property and they're going to do this now i think that's the biggest problem is ego it's like and the energy's there i mean the, the schematics are there the the, the the proof is there but more the greed's out there uh, somebody's going to see this or you know this is why it's hard to market a mirror uh, this mirror is a, is a vibrational mirror. It has technology in it. It's, it's, it's not a, it's not a fuba. It's it, it works, you know. But it's like somebody say, oh, I can mass produce that in all over the world. But you know, it's like, yes, you probably can do that. And I probably could have done that. I think I have, right now that I have about 11 or 12 patents out there, and a lot of them is chemistry, uh, paint, and um, different ways of solving. But you know, doesn't pay me a cent for those. And a patent is I'll just protect you from the dishonest person. This technology should be free for everyone. And that's you know we have people freezing to death in my tribe. You know we don't have and when it gets cold, uh, a lot of people can't pay for heating fuel. And I've, I've went up there a couple of times and they just with a, a a kerosene heater inside the house, and they can pay for a little bit of heat. Uh, there's the technology in solar. Um, uh, uh, there's something on the drawing board now that it can get energy from the sun. It's not silicon. It'll be 28% uh, uh, better than solar. And I've submitted this to other people. And said, oh, I want to take that in market and I'll give you a piece. That's not what I'm doing it for. Is that, it's hard to explain. It's like, if we are the humans and we are looking for contact with the outer beings, we have to get this right. You know, we're not getting it right right now. I mean, I know that I speak and hear everywhere and, and, and uh, say these uh, extraordinary claims. These are not extraordinary claims to me. I've done these all my life. But when people see it, it's like, oh my goodness, the change the world. Yeah, the car changed the world too. And the transistor radio from the transistor. Um, this here is just to live better. With, and so we won't freeze to death or, or starve to death. That's it. But just like this, the, um, the wind power, uh, they get a hold of that. Now, if I wanted a wind turbine put up, it's going to cost me at least twenty to thirty thousand dollars, which I don't have. I probably can make. Yeah, I can make one from the dump, but you know, it's, it's that's hard to do. And plus, we need a roof over our head and things like that. Uh, there's um, 
other ways of uh, producing power besides wind and sun, you know, that people don't really know about. We do, but we just don't want to do it. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so <laughs> my mind's going a little bit racy right now. Where do you, th I know that you have an event coming up in Sedona, so on your suggestion, do you want to talk a little bit about the event coming up in Sedona, or do you want to talk a little bit more about the technologies? Because I know with what you're sharing about the technologies, it's just the tip of the tip of the tip of the iceberg. Um, so I'll leave it to you if there's something more that you want to share. Well, I'll do a area. couple of bit both. The, the technology, um, you know, from the mayor to the resonators, uh, we have a, on blueprints, a temple that is in residence uh, of the universe and of the earth. It works as a vibrational um, thing, uh, but it's a pretty big temple, and we're we're working. We have uh, some little bit of investors on it, but that temple will uh, what a church to, what a church should be used for is being in resonance and harmony with the, the earth and, and sky. Um, but um, most churches are not like that. Uh, that that's what the church was for, is for the community. Uh, that's uh, that is um, a spiritual technology. Uh, that's we have the blueprints for that, and uh, some of the technology that goes along. We'll have one of those um, to power it. We'll have one of those towers, the resonator towers, to power it. But there's something else that that's in the uh, copper scrolls, uh, the tree of life. You know what is the tree of life? And it's a gold tree, and that harvests just like the tree. It's trees itself, it har harvests energy out of the, the sun. The photon that comes in, it breaks that into an energy source that we can use it, consume it. And that has remarkable results on that. So I'll get more into that. Uh, but Sedona. Sedona is coming up uh, next week. I suggest if you're anywhere in the vicinity, please come. Uh, I'll be sharing some of the copper scrolls there that hasn't been released. And, um, and what that is, is just saying, okay, we're here. And what are you looking for? Um, and um, Clifford's going to be there. And it's going to be remarkable. And yourself and Jacqueline. And my dog's going to be there. His first flight on the airplane. So I'm excited about that. We just booked him yesterday. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, please come. Uh, uh, there's a lot of information. I'm, I'm First time I meet Clifford in a long time. I met him many years ago. But uh, meet him and and to, um, to talk about the stars and, and looking for the star people and how we're going to do that. So. Well, I'm definitely really excited about that. I met Clifford at Contact in the Desert, I think about, I think it was last year, just over a year, year and a half. And um, I've been lucky enough to be able to keep in touch with Clifford um, and speaking to him more now that the event is happening. And the more that I learn about Clifford, uh, the more that you guys are essentially mirrors of each other. And the last thing that he spoke about um, on the call preparing for the event, and he was kind of having a chuckle and saying, there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of stuff on disclosure, aliens, Pleiadians, councils, all this different stuff. Um, the thing is about Clifford and you, your history is 20,000 years old. It's oral and it's unbroken. And it speaks of all this stuff. And so when people are suggesting a new idea, you're always saying, I'm not saying they're wrong. It's just not the teaching that I had and Clifford made the remark um, about how he's getting a little bit older and he said I can remember when my grandfather would um, call me over to listen to some stories but I just wanted to go play and he would get mad at me he's like I totally understand that now um, he's like but you wouldn't want my upbringing 
He's like, my upbringing was extremely challenging. I was grateful for it, but it was extremely challenging because what you went through was rigorous training, uh, education, stories. But what people, that is a mind blower, I think, for a lot, it is different engineering, mathematics, building, all kinds of stuff. And uh, so I think that's, that's really exciting um, that you guys are going to come together for the first time to share a little bit of that together. Um, so I'll leave it open to you to share a little bit more about that or you said the tree of life uh, which is going to break the internet um, <laughs> I don't know um, if you want to share more about that technologies or, or anything else I'll leave it to your I think the, most stories I tell them take a grain of salt and you know I've been studying the copper scrolls I haven't translated all the scrolls um, I know what the tree of life is and I, I know what it does I've seen there's communities, uh, communities out there that just live on the elixir of life. And you take that as a folklore story, but I've been to the, the, these communities. Uh, you, like I said, it's like if you had a way to not to kill things anymore, would we do it? Or would we try to sell it? I think that's the reason why most communities that I know that won't come forward. Because uh, they don't want to be into the system of uh, violence and wars and all the different things. And the Bible mentions the, uh, the lecture of life, uh, all your folklore stories, uh, King Arthur, and they, they mention something about that, or, or the fountain of youth. Mm. But it's like anything else. Uh, who wants to live forever? But what is forever? Because when, when we think, I said, I, I want to live forever, we kind of do is that we're in that illusion now that we have death in life. But the true spirit always lives on. Uh, we, we always go into something else, go into something. And there's no beginning, there's no end. That's hard for humans to understand because they want a beginning and end, the Big Bang, you know? If you really study that, there's, if the universe is uh, sounding right, there's a hundred thousand Big Bangs every three hours. So there's life beginning. And our spirits are going there, going to different places. You know, we know about the solar systems and Pleiades, and I hear that. But when I hear in the scrolls, because they have different um, um, other systems out there in, in space that they have names for them, and I don't share those names. Um, the, the Bible says nobody knows God's name, you know. But you have to really think about what they're, what they're saying. It's not a divine God. It's a divine spiritual being. And what we make up and how we put that out there from God to whatever it's out there, that we have the spiritual freedom to do that and to live and to choose what we're doing right now. But we imprison ourselves in our thoughts. We imprison ourselves in our financial means. We imprison ourselves in spiritual means. We imprison ourselves in um, our culture. And when I say that, it's like, I remember growing up and um, them not letting me on the podium to speak because they thought I was Lucifer. But isn't Lucifer of light? People are scared of that. It's like, oh no, dark and energy. Of course, you look out into these woods, you see dark and light and it doesn't scare you right now because there's a greater light. But when the sun goes down, that greater light goes away. Boy, imagination runs free. You hear Sasquatches and hide behinds and all that. And that's what kind of rules us in that balance. And that's really hard to tell people, especially when you're... I don't know all the truth, I know a little bit of it. And when you start talking with them, and I said, 
and people come to you and say, well, okay, what is the spiritual truth? And I'm about to say something, and they talk for two hours and tell me who they are and why they are and how special they are, and which I probably think they are, but sometimes we're not looking for that spiritual knowledge. We're just looking to tell people how we are and, and, and close our ears off. And I, and I, in, my, in, in my experience is that we don't listen enough. We don't listen enough to what's going on here with me and you and, and Clifford and all the things. Uh, there's a lot of rhetoric out there and there's a lot of things on the internet that we want to believe, the conspiracy theories, and, and, and I'm not saying they're not true, but research the truth, honestly. You know, you want to know where I'm? Just get on the internet. Ask my mom. You know, but it's like, I know, it's, 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 people are led into the swamps a lot, and swamp stinks. <laughs> so. Hmm. Well, I know that in any question I could kind of open up another bag of worms, um, but I know our time is limited today. Um, I guess I'll just put it back to you if there's anything else that you want to share, because the way that I'll just kind of draw a bridge from that is I think that in listening to you speak and, and, and luckily getting these teachings, it looks like more people want the crystals and the quick fix and the ceremony. You say get off the ceremony, you know, but you don't want to do the things like give the homeless a dollar, do three kind actions, um, and actually listen to another point of view and be willing to just, just allow somebody to have their point of view without trying to sell your own, to, to listen with honesty. So um, that's how I'll draw the bridge to that and, and give it back to you if there's anything else that you want to discuss today. And also, you're doing webinar every 7, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock every Thursday. So maybe not this Thursday, but yeah. seven of those express, uh, sharing more ancient teachings. Yeah, I think this is the hard part of the whole thing. It's like everybody thinks that uh, I'm something or of something. I'm of nothing. Uh, I'm just a, a visitor here, you know, just like anybody else, um, and seeing death and destruction around me, seeing us killing ourselves by the droves and the wars. If we want to make contact, really make contact, we've got to be better in, in that kindness and compassion and happiness. When I say that, is that instead of um, saying how holy we are, to show how kinder we are to our fellow brothers and sisters out there, no matter if they're white, black, green, red, blue, that we all share the same space right now. You know, I see too much of that, and you want us to come here. You, you want to see the true star beings. We're going to have to stop some of this. We're going to have to have the least peace on earth for three days. No violence, no killing. That's, I think that's three days. That's not, not much to ask. You want to make contact, let's do that. It's going to take seven million people looking in one direction. Not believing in that, in that same thing, just looking, looking at that beautiful moon that comes out, looking at the stars. We don't do that. There's a lot of people who say they do it, but they don't do that. And if you're of spirit, if you're any spiritual people out there, come to Sedona. Um, come and listen. I listened for 40 some odd years. I didn't say anything. I listened and wrote my book. And. That's harder to do because the, the creator says, just listen to the universe. 
then you would have the answer to life. We don't do that, Matt. And I have a hard time listening to this very day. <laughs> so, if you want the technology and the part and you need something, we'll sell you this. <laughs> this is the answer to the universe, really. Um, why do I do these designs? There's a reason behind this thing, you know? It's not just a decoration, there's a reason. You know, we want the origins of space, and we're just figuring that out now. And, we're, and, we're, and we've been wrong for about 30 years. <laughs> so, what is the, our origin, you know? I think they're my words for today, Matthew. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you, David, for sharing your words and coming on and continuing to teach. Uh, if you guys are listening to this, thank you so much for watching, and we hope to see you in Sedona. Check us out on Thursdays, too, for webinars. Webinars. Yeah. More info. Yep. More ancient knowledge. Okay, see ya. All right, guys. I hope that you enjoyed that episode with Native American elder David Lone Bear Senapas, who I had the privilege and honor of staying near and um, studying with all summer. I traveled with him. I went around. I was at the mountain. He spent the first 26 years of his life on the side of a mountain being taught by 600 elders. I went to that mountain. I went to, uh, I, visited, I visited his mom. I went to the Abbey Museum, an Aboriginal museum, which shows the 20,000 year history they have. Jesus doesn't show up until like, you know, five, six, eights of the timeline. It's like, what? what is all this history? It's amazing. And his elders told him that he needed to bring the star teachings to the non-natives for the first time ever. And this is what you're receiving. So it could be a little bit mind bending. It could hurt the brain. You could believe it. You could not believe it. Um, but I, you know, I like to go down rabbit holes. And so I went to Maine to see if this is legit. And, you know, he has balloons in space. A lot of people will talk about technology and things like that and change the world in uh, multiple dimensions, which I'm all for, as you know, because you listen to this podcast. The difference is he talks about that and builds technology and actual physical things from this knowledge he's getting from these ancient copper scrolls. So we do need help to bring some of this uh, here. Um, his elders told him that there's some rules for getting this technology. It needs to be placed in peaceful community. Unfortunately, harder than you'd think. Um, it needs to be, it can't be owned by someone because it needs to be for everyone. Also harder than you think because everybody wants to own something and profit for it. Um, and also it needs to be for everyone. And so that's for like the owning thing. So, you know, once you bring that into it, I've had some discussions with some people about it and they're ready to fund, but when they can't own it, they kind of pull out. So we are looking for benevolent angel investors, um, people to share this out. Um, we're going to be doing conferences. Anybody who can help get the word out, um, any help would be great because we need a little bit of funding so David cannot work on making jewelry and he can work on the science to building a prototype for this thing so we can give to everybody. Um, so as far as I know, he's legit and I invite you to look at it. I have a, um, like a one sheet and some things that I've made. But if you look up the, the math, I had Robert Grant who was on the podcast who recently made mathematical breakthroughs, um, check his math and just have a discussion. And it was probably the gnarliest discussion I have ever seen. They quickly get into basically the Ark of the Covenant, the Knights Templars and math and anti-gravity. And it was completely bonkers. So, uh, he can hold conversations like that. So everything that I've seen um, shows me that uh, I want to support him and I'm doing that the best that I can because I think that he's serious and I invite you to make your own decisions and look at the research, look at some of the other podcasts, um, take a look at some of the files and math that I've posted and uh, if you feel called to help, I really do think that uh, he is probably, as far as I've seen, one of the most uh, 
powerful people that I can see that can change the world through technology and ancient knowledge. And so now we're working really closely with Zuni elder Clifford Mahuti. We're looking at doing a documentary with, uh, we've got, I guess David Wilcock and Corey Good are doing their own thing and they're going to be doing a seminar. So we're in, uh, in, in documentaries and production on disclosure and things like that. So um, we're in talks with them. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about that, but it's fine, I think. Um, but what we're look, we're talking to them anyway, that's all. Um, and, uh, and we're excited to bring this stuff out to you guys. So, uh, any help would be amazing. Uh, thank you all for supporting the show, for leaving reviews, for supporting me on Patreon. I am so grateful for you. If you want us to come speak or you're interested in some coaching or you want to do a hypnosis activation, a heart journey activation, just let me know. You can hit me up at matt, M-A-T-T, at zenathlete.com. And uh, that's it. I just love and appreciate you guys. So before we close it out, um, I'll invite you to come to a state of peace and coherence. And all you need to do is just take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just make the decision to come to peace and coherence right now as you let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Taking another deep breath in through the nose. Holding the breath and making a firm mental commitment to be loving and kind to yourself and to others. And just let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Taking one last deep breath in through the nose. Setting that intention to be loving and kind to yourself and sending it out to everyone you've ever met in the entire world as you continue this breathing and i'm sending you all of my love energy encouragement well wishes inspiration um just so that you remember that you're amazing that you're whole worthy harmonious just as you are that you have every right to be here that you are not alone that you are connected and uh, just sending you all of my love all of my appreciation all of my support uh, hoping you are having an amazing life experience uh, tons and tons of love tons and tons of blessings and i will see you in the next episode